and check this out. My first two hole-in-ones were 11 days apart. Oh, man. I know it. I know I, people get really pissed at me when I tell I, them. I, 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 and I am. I'm pissed because I've, I've, <laughs> I've seen three hole-in-ones. <laughs> well, I've made four. Welcome to the National Defense. The National Defense is dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Matthew McConaughey is an Academy Award-winning actor, starring in a string of well-known films, including The Lincoln Lawyer, Wolf of Wall Street, and The Dallas Buyers Club, which landed him the Oscar for Best Actor. He also starred in and produced a string of public service announcements for COVID-19 safety, in which he plays a mask-wearing cowboy named Bobby Bandito. We are so happy to have him on the program, Academy Award winner, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Ready? Good. Can we? Uh, can you put Bandito on the phone, please? Bobby Bandito. Bobby. Talk ba- about Bobby B. <laughs> you can call me Bobby B. <laughs> man. Oh yeah, he's always around. That is so great. If you don't know what we're talking about, this whole series of public service announcements that Matthew did that are just fantastic. And and you know they serve such a huge purpose because it I never pay attention to PSAs especially the the, the boring dull ones that you know sound the same. But these just jump out at you. They they were great. Well, yeah, I mean look, we're all, I'm trying to put my finger on the science of the situation like everyone else is sure. and I felt like when we got to Bobby B, I felt like the whole mask wearing uh, campaign needed a little bit of humor. I felt like yep. the world needed to have a giggle at doing a, doing the right thing instead of just being very earnest about it. Right. So, you know, I was back on my property out there mowing the lawn and this Bobby Bandito cat walked up on me <laughs> and I said, <laughs> And uh, I said, you know what? Let's make this. Let's let's have this guy sell some bandages. That was. Uh, those are great. Those are great. Well, and it also shows what kind of heart you have too. You know, uh, a lot of people, you know, especially uh, entertainers, celebrities, you go on about your life, and it, it doesn't make a big difference in terms of uh, letting people know how you are. Are you hunkered down? Right. Hunkered down there in Texas? We're we are bunkered down. Um, as we said off air before we just said hello, uh, you said how am I doing? I said relatively speaking, I'm doing very well. Right. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a very good position that, you know, my pantry's full. Um, right. I don't have to work today to pay my rent tonight. Right. Um, like some people do. We have our three children here. Uh, we have my 88 year old mother here. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Obviously she's, you know, elders are more susceptible to the COVID and stuff. So we're, we're planning on bunkering down, um, for, for, for the longer haul. Yeah. Um, Again, we're in a privileged position to be able to do that. We're way all like everybody. We're waiting for science to catch up. Um, but that's what we're, that's what we're going to do. And we're here in Austin, Texas. Now, are you, and, uh, are you, are you cooking or are you, uh, what, what, oh, geez, what? are we cooking and cleaning, brother? And cleaning. <laughs> I mean, I pulled out more damn manuals <laughs> for, for how to fix this and that. And right. This, that, and the other. Right. I, I mean, I'm finding new spots in my property. I didn't even know we had, right. so yes, we are cooking. We're spending about three more hours in the kitchen a day than we were, and we already spent quite a bit of time in the kitchen. So yeah. we uh, we got a routine, man. We got we got the kiddos get up, they cook breakfast for us, then they clean oh, wow. it up, and then we hammer lunch, and then we sit down with dinner, and we all get together, 
put on some rock and roll tunes on the speakers and start go. cleaning up the house at night after dinner. That's pretty cool. You know, I, I've discovered something about uh, my wife because uh, we, we live on a horse ranch. So it's really not much of a different lifestyle for, <laughs> for, for us. We've never been allowed to live around people. And so uh, she has turned into uh, what I like to call a drill sergeant or a camp counselor. Yeah, that uh, every day I just wait to find out what my what my job is that day. She hands it to you in the morning, tells you what tells you what tells you gives you to go uh, and it hands it to me, tells me what time I should be done. uh, And and then we're on to the next project. We're talking to uh, Matt. Yeah, I mean, got to have structure in these times. Right. Exactly. You know, you got to or it's all if it's all Saturdays, we ain't worth a damn. (laughs) Well, how many times have you said that? What day is it? What is, is yeah, it, another Friday snuck up on me. Yeah. The last six came out of nowhere. <laughs> the next thing you know, it's, it's, it's hard enough to remember what, what damn month it is. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're talking to Matthew McConaughey here on the National Defense. So, Matthew, you know, our our audience is mainly active duty military veterans and their families. And I know that uh, somebody told me you went to uh, Fort Hood a few years ago, the screening of uh, Interstellar. And, yeah. and that was just, uh, you had a huge reception. Yeah. How did that yeah, go? We did. It went wonderful. I mean, look, to be able to, you know, share a piece of, of, of entertainment um, with yes. them, their families, yep. and go there and meet them and go on site and then hang out and talk. And, and you know, that's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real community there yeah. I, that's what oh my it's, it's like it's just people living there that's their livelihood that's right. their their horse ranch as you said for yeah. you yeah yeah it, um, it really is yeah just to just to you know the commit that commitment and choice so many of these men and women make um is it, it means so damn much and it, it just kind of opened my eyes about you know it's a it's a whole it's a it's a livelihood yeah it is a it is a long term commitment, and uh, it was great to go there anyway to go share something, a piece of art that I did, to be there in person. Hey, here you go on your front porch yeah. in your backyard. Yeah, have a look. I'm glad it was. It was great to go to them. That's that's cool. Yeah, and you know that's that's why this radio show exists. Uh, get uh, everybody's mind off uh, what's going on, especially if you're serving, yeah. and uh, you know, just kind of a little diversion, which uh, everybody needs. But everybody needs that. Talk about those Saturdays. We need we need them in oh. our, we need we need we need those moments of Saturdays in our week. Whether that's you know, I mean, we all we all get a, a bit of a Saturday in our week. Whether we go for a run or whether yep. we exercise or pray or meditate or whatever our choice is. Right. We all need a little break in between everything because man, you you know, all these responsibilities can start stacking up. And if they're <laughs> right. If they're on our shoulders, they get heavy. You know, we need a little break in between. Hey, uh, speaking of a little break, I, uh, we just watched the gentleman. Uh, again yeah. what a great what a cool movie how I mean, fun is that isn't it fun oh my gosh and uh, you just never see it coming well you know i mean just I mean, yeah, great stuff the king, the king, the king, the king, you know hey what's he do he eats yeah. you know well, and, and uh, this, so we, that's guy Richie. you know yeah. hey, i mean 
really funny. You know, you all you all know some of his other films, Lockstock, sure, uh, Snatch, Snatch. He's got that. They have that. Uh, they have that sort of sort of sling factor. Yeah. That, that, the verbiage and your fun and you know you're in a movie that's a caper and you know you can kind of take it seriously but you know there's a there's a hidden wink in between everything right and you just want to see how we're going to get there you know yeah. um oh and, yeah uh, he he we changed up dialogue well he was rewriting on the day every single day but a hell of a lot of fun hugh grant's great in that oh movie my gosh too, it took me a while to even realize that's hugh grant yeah yeah. That's him. No, he was. That's he was, him. He was awesome in that movie. Really good. Well, and and I followed that up with your appearance on uh, Between Two Ferns, the movie. Which <laughs> <laughs> how how fun was that? It looks Zach Zach's a, a really a comedic talent. Yeah, and a specific comedic talent with this dry wit. Right. And that was he and I. Just you know, he asked. I said yeah because I'd seen Between Two Ferns, and so we came on. And we basically, what you see in the scene is what he and I were writing live. And so you don't know what's going to come. Um, and then he says, let's do it. And they just roll. We kind of improv it. <laughs> well, and, and it, you, know, you just play it perfectly. You know, it's just like, you know, the victim, <laughs> which everybody is on Between Two Ferns. We're talking to yeah. Matthew McConaughey here on the National Defense. I want to ask you about now you have some kind of a new project, right? That's coming up. Well, I got a bunch of new projects okay. coming up. All but right. They're not really movies. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. They're not really movies. They, uh, uh, they're, more, they're more movements. Okay. All right. I need. We, we need a movement. Yeah, boy, don't we? Um, <laughs> now, the you know the project I'm working on now is uh, I've assumed this role of minister of culture uh, here at the University of Texas and in the city of Austin, and it's about it's about values, and I think we need a value movement. I think we need a value mm. a, a campaign, meaning if we're each individually more competent at our own personal values and we value competence, we're going to be a more valuable society. And I don't know how to make systemic change, but I do honestly believe that we can each individually challenge ourselves. Go, hey, man, I, I need to expect more of myself. Hmm. I need to expect more of my my neighbor, and I need them to expect more of me. That's so then I think we make a systemic great change. Uh, but it starts with the individual, and I truly believe that. And I think it's values. They're bipartisan. They're non-denominational. We can all agree on them. Right. No matter what else we disagree on, we can all agree on values. That's so funny. We just, I don't know if you know uh, or have ever worked with John Savage, the great uh, character actor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just talked to him this morning, and he said a lot of that same kind of thing. But he also added, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, yeah, accountability is good. You got to be, a, you know, but it takes some intelligence. And, and I do believe that. Well, it does take intelligence, but if you don't have the intelligence, maybe you couldn't, maybe some people couldn't, you know, because some of us aren't born with, with certain innate abilities to be whatever we want. Sure. I don't believe in the idea of, hey, dream it, you can do it. No, that's, that's, right. that's, that's, that's deceptive. That's not true. Right. And no matter how much I want to be an NBA player, at five foot 11, three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget about the three quarters. And don't forget, I've never been six foot. It ain't going to happen, you know, no matter how hard I work at it. So the spot is where we can hope individuals can maybe use their innate ability and work hard at it. You know, it's yeah. DNA and giddy up. 
And <laughs> I know, like that. That's you know good. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, wherever those two meet, that's that's the honey hole. Now, is this <laughs> that, that, ladies and gentlemen, that is the honey hole. Uh, <laughs> what about the Just Keep Living Foundation? Is that is that all part of foundation is doing wonderful? Yeah. We're in 52 schools across the United States. We have an after school curriculum in Title One schools. So oh, these wow. are lower income schools. They're not, it's high school, ninth, ninth through twelfth grade. Um, a lot of these, most of these schools have a 50 percent dropout rate. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of single single uh, parent homes. Um, and what we offer is an after-school place for these young men and women to go one, to be safe right. Two, they set physical, uh, goals like, Hey, I need to lose six pounds to fit in my prom dress. Hmm. Hey, I need to, I need to start running cause I want to make the soccer team or the football team, or I want to be to run. And we help them achieve those physical goals. Oh, we also cool. teach them nutrition. Hey, hmm. instead of the six cheeseburgers that you that you ate last night for 35 bucks, we're going to take you to the store you and your mama and show you for 35 bucks how you can get a meal that's more healthy. Plus you can cook it together in the house. That's cool. That is we cool. also have, they have to community service and there's a halo of gratitude over everything. Hmm. We believe that when you're, you're thankful for more things, you, you render more things to be thankful for in hmm. your life. Hmm. And, uh, we're, we're it's, it's really, it, 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 it's, it's working and we're seeing the science behind how it's working. These kids grades are going up. The hundred percent of them are graduating again in these schools with fifty percent dropout rates. Um, behaviors going up. The teachers are saying behaviors better. Their parents are saying their behaviors better. Hmm. So it's a lot about that and self self reliance and respect. That that sounds too much like common sense. That, hey, let's put a let's put a big cool circle around common sense. And I always <laughs> like to say, as you said in earlier, Savage brought up intelligence. Yeah, I'm for intelligence, but I also let's not forget common sense yeah. with that knowledge. Yeah, no, you're exactly um, right. And we need and we need we need that, you know, both talking to Matthew McConaughey here on the National Defense. We had uh, somebody, you know, very well on the program not long ago because uh, uh, Ford is a big sponsor of their show. So yep. uh, CEO Jim Hackett on here. And Jim's great. Isn't he, he? He's great. And uh, what a stud. I didn't realize that he was a center for Michigan. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I asked, yeah. him, I asked him what he drives. He said, I got to drive an F-150 because I got a bad knees. <laughs> all those ex-football players got bad knees that's don't right. they? i know right hey i had this deal my dad played uh, uh under bear Bryant at university of kentucky and then he played at university of houston and he got drafted by the green bay packers and with the the, the i remember it was my sophomore year in high school and i was again five eleven three quarters wanting to be a football player too slow and not big enough and i wanted to change i wanted to go become a golfer and i was so damn nervous to tell my dad that i didn't <laughs> want to play football anymore <laughs> And I got up the courage to tell him. And he goes, oh, great idea. I go, what? <laughs> he goes, I go, why? And he goes, can you hear, do you know it's me coming to your room before I'm in your room? I go, well, yeah, I do. He goes, why? I go, because I can hear you. He goes, what do you hear? And I go, well, I hear this. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, that's because I got a six-inch plate in my back. A three-inch plate in my knee, another one in my ankle, blah, blah, blah. He goes, go play golf, man. You can do it till you go down. <laughs> <laughs> That's some great advice. What's how's your, how's your game right now? It's it's pretty much non-existent. Okay. With three kids yeah, and, and, right. and my work, I mean, I love the game. I, I was a poor handicap in, oh, wow. uh, in high school. Wow. So the, I was pretty salty. I've had four holes in ones. Um, I was pretty you've salty. You've had four hole-in-ones? Yep. And check this out. My first two hole-in-ones. We're 11 days apart. Oh, man. 
I know it. I know I, people get really pissed at me when I tell I, them. I, 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 and I am. I'm pissed because I've I've seen th- I've seen three hole in ones. Well, I've made four. Oh boy, that's that's incredible. Uh, it's been a while. Hey, when you when you did those Lincoln uh, commercials, how much yeah. of, how much of that was left to you? Well, all the Lincoln commercials. Look, we've been doing this now for quite a few sure. years. Yeah. Um, you know, the first ones we set out, I said a lot more. And they got like parodied on Saturday Night Live, right. <laughs> which was part, which was great. Which was, was great. Like, yeah, that's what you want to happen. And 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 it, we, I understood the comedy under it, you know, yeah, right. about about, sure. me, about me and the commercial taking it so seriously. So it's kind of <laughs> perfect. What we've done now is we've kind of pared back and just kind of less is more. So my relationship with the ad agency and with Lincoln is like, look, if I can, if I can get, we've already secured that. I'm synonymous with Lincoln. Lincoln's synonymous with me. Right. And in those ads, I, I, I move, I move the same way. Sort of my, they're my James Bond ads. I move slowly, deliberately and coolly. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so if I can get a message across with a wink, a wry smile, right. one word, we, we go, we look for that now. That's cool. Um, yeah. Where can I say less? Um, but we've we had a great relationship with Lincoln and Ford, and I have for for years, and hopefully it'll continue. Because, like I said, I'm kind of pretty much synonymous with Lincoln now, and they're synonymous with me. And I really love doing the ads. We we play with them, and 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 I get there on the day. We agree on a concept, and I get there on the day, and we just sit there and press record, and and and, and I just do what I do. Well, they're they're so effective. I mean, I think you know one of the obviously with you in them, but just the style that you're talking about. Well, this, the the style, sense. what we were going for, which worked, and this was a gamble on our part. Yeah, as we said, look, we there's so much noise in the ad world right now. You yep. turn on the TV, there's just so much noise. You go from the game or the show, and then you come in. It's like who can be louder? And we said, let's go against the grain. Let's be let's be the hot knife through the butter mm-hmm. and let's see if we can be so deliberate, cool and quiet that actually that draws your attention to go, hey, what is that? And it worked. It, it does work. I, I always expect uh, maybe somebody will pull up beside you and you hand them a jar of Grey Poupon. You know, just kind of a <laughs> kind of a well, talk, to, talk to the folks at Ford about that if we want to do a partnership with mustard. <laughs> Get the mustard partnership going. Hey, yeah, right. Matthew, listen, thank you so much for taking the time. We, you know, it, it means so much. And um, we've had, I was going to tell you about uh, uh, with Tom Hanks. Stephen Colbert and John Stewart have all uh, they're all part of our uh, celebrity military advisory board. And I just I'd love to uh, add your name to that just uh, so that other celebrities can see that and say, we want to go on and support the troops and we want to do oh, that. Oh, please, so. man, please. This is this is this is an this is an honor, you know, talking yeah. and to, to, to be heard. You and I are talking, but to be heard by everybody and to say to everybody, hey, you know, very simple. It's been said a thousand times. Let's say it again with a capital T. Thank you. Yep. I thank like, you. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for the time, Matthew. You stay safe. Enjoy the honey hole and uh, just have a great day out there. All right. Commit to the chase. Just keep living. Love it. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. We'll be right back here on the National Defense. We're so happy to have Colin Jost on the program. He's a head writer at Saturday Night Live, a Weekend Update co-anchor, and a touring stand-up comedian. He has five Writers Guild Awards, two Peabody Awards, and a PETA Ellie Award for the sketch Diner Lobster, which I just watched uh, again for the 40th time. Uh, Colin, how are you? (laughs) 
I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for watching Diner Lobster 40 Oh, my times. gosh. Well, I mean, That's the right number. That's healthy. I think so. How about Keenan in there? I mean, we, when you write uh, stuff for SNL and it comes out like that and is performed like that, I mean, that's got to be uh, over the top for you, right? I mean, imagine you're Keenan, you know, and you imagine you told a young Keenan, someday you're going to be on SNL and you're going to play a lobster who is also the French musical character Jean Valjean. <laughs> and, you're, and you're young Keenan. Are you, do you think, like, I don't know what any of those words are? What are you saying? This is crazy. I think if you're, um, if you're Keenan, you go. That's where his life went. I, I think if you're Keenan, you go, is Kel going to be with me? That's your first thought. Yeah, that's right. That's you know. true. Uh, that's true. So Colin has a, a brand new book out called A Very Punchable Face. It's a memoir. And uh, isn't this really just a cry for help? I, isn't this, aren't you, aren't you trying to make people feel sorry for you with this book? I think all memoirs are a cry for help on some <laughs> level, you know? I mean, we, we already felt. not listening to you in your real life that so you have to write it all down. Right. You know? We already felt bad for you because you, you're quarantined with Scarlett Johansson. And now you add this thing in the mix, I mean, uh, <laughs> this is, the, the book is it's, so uh, hilarious. Oh, thank you very much. I, I, I really, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I, I, you know, I worked five years on it and I wanted to get right. And, you know, I, I wanted to, I, you know, I, I'm, I started out as a writer, obviously, and I wanted to, I wanted to use my, my writing skills, my writing brain in another kind of way. And I think it's kind of the purest form of me and I think you learn a lot about SNL reading it that you wouldn't know and um, certainly a lot about my life and I think it's uh, it's it's easy it's like short short chapters I think a lot of fun information uh, you know yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited about it well and as you write in the book some of you think you know me but you're actually thinking of the villain from an 80s movie who tries to steal the hero's girlfriend by challenging him to a ski race now is this <laughs> Is this some kind of a precursor to what you will do after SNL? Are you looking at playing villains? Oh, my God, I should. I, you know, I got to say that the best villain part I've gotten to play so far was at WrestleMania. Uh, Michael Che and I fought in uh, Giant Stadium oh, wow. uh, during WrestleMania. And I came out. So there's 82,000 people. And I came out in an Odell Beckham Cleveland Browns jersey. <laughs> The week, the week after he had gotten traded from the Giants, and oh, I'm a what? Giants fan. But oh I was my like, gosh! Good of a joke, and uh, the booze that you heard. <laughs> I mean, I was going out. The professional wrestlers before I walked out were like, "Are you sure you want to do this, man? They have batteries." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it." And the level <laughs> of was definite. It was so fun. It's so thrilling to be a villain. I, I didn't realize. I mean. I feel like some people have thought of me as a villain for years, but actually embracing it and getting to play the villain was, was very satisfying. We're talking to Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live here on the National Defense. I love what Larry David said about the book. I always wanted to punch his face before I read this book. Now I just want to kick him in the balls. Now, would that lead to uh, another book called Some Very Kickable Balls? Is that in the works? Oh my God! Yeah, that's great. I don't know. I don't know if there's a book gets censored, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I cannot believe that you've been at SNL for about 15 years. Yeah. Yes. Mostly, you know, mostly as a writer, and then before yeah. I doing weekend update. But yeah, I had this whole. That, that's part of why I wanted to write it too. I, I wanted people to, to know about this whole weird world uh, of my life before 
I was known in any way or before I was on update because, you know, I had a, a real long run, a very fun time at SNL as a writer with, uh, with no responsibility when I was not being uh, judged constantly on camera. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a time that I wanted people to know about. But now this is, you also described this as a, a memoir. I thought you had to be like 80 or 85 to write a memoir. Oh, I am. I just, I, I just have a lot of stem cells. I've been doing a lot of stem cell therapy. You know, you, I, started, you, I started writing at SNL when I was 70. Right, right. right. So. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I wanted to write, I didn't want to write a memoir where I was looking back at the good old days. I wanted to yeah. write a memoir that was about the recent uh, you know, parts of my life because I wanted them to be still vivid in my mind and I wanted to have the, you know, be close to my own, you know, perspective on it and, and have, uh, I think I, I was kind of excited because you don't see that a lot. Uh, and I wanted right. to, I wanted to get it while, you know, almost to kind of close this chapter of my life in some way. And, uh, I think there's enough, enough really strange adventures that I've been through till now that, uh, I wanted to get them down. Yeah, so you talk about in the book, uh, you're growing up in a family of firefighters in Staten Island, uh, commuting three hours a day to high school, and seeing the sights like watching a Russian woman throw a stroller off the back of a ferry. And you also talk about cramping your pants, which I want to get to because uh, this is something that uh, is, is key in my life that has happened. And I think, I think this happened in front of uh, your wife. Is that right? Um, there's probably been moments of that. Yes. Uh, there's, I, I think what I wanted to do was to, you know, we all go through this. We all struggle. Um, as right. my mom, as my mom said to a younger me, accidents happen. And I think it's good that we have some solidarity and we're able to talk about this and not live in shame anymore. I've never told this story to, uh, to anyone outside my family, but, uh, we have horses. We live on a ranch and, uh, we went for a very, a very long horseback ride one day and we came back to the barn and, uh, I just, I could not hold anything uh, back. And so the, the day, <laughs> the day ended up with my wife hosing me off in front of a barn. And, and that's something that, you know, you don't, wow. you don't forget that stuff that stays with you no that builds that builds real textured memories yeah. <laughs> hey uh colin i, I want to ask getting you getting hosed down is right right getting hosed down is a one what a great moment in time huh well and and it all all it takes you know even the horse you know even the horses were looking at you like man oh wow. sure yeah well we, and, 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 at least we don't wear pants when we do it right <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and who's going to clean that up? And you know, but people, yeah. <laughs> all she has to do now in in any kind of uh, a setting is just to say the word hose, and that shuts me down completely from what. Uh, what a great trump card! Yeah, yeah exactly. Hey, uh, Colin, what about writing uh, in this time that we're in? You know, where the world is just bizarre. Is it tougher to write in a situation where you write something that is as absurd as what's actually going on? Yeah, it is. I think it's, you know, you always are responding to the times, right? So when times are really uh, tough and strange, I, I don't know, I, I guess that, that, that tends to be where, you know, you, where things go. I mean, you think about how, uh, you know, magical realism came out of there being dictators in South America and, you know, people needing kind of an escape beyond what was in front of them. And I think things go to those places sometimes. They go to either an absurd place or 
um, something that, that takes you out of the real world. I remember Lauren talking about Steve Martin, you know, when Steve Martin started as a comedian, he said it was, it was sort of right after Vietnam and there was, everything was so political for so long right. that Steve Martin kind of, uh, stuck out and like, you know, exploded as a stand up because he was doing really absurd, you know, super funny, like mm-hmm. cerebral, but also absurd comedy that had nothing to do with politics. And, and for people, it was such a relief to, to get out of that world and, and get into his comedy. And I think that's, you know, I think that it seems like we might be at a moment in time like that too soon. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I, I th- it's just a really good point. And I, I just asked that question because of the, especially the political season. Um, we're based in Kansas City, Missouri. And in Kansas, there was a plumber that just ran for the United States Senate. Uh, and this plumber, um, you would see his ads on TV and he was water skiing and that's why you should vote for him. And it, and it just struck me that that's, a lot of people thought that was a parody commercial and it's it, you know when you see that stuff you go how, how can I top that how can I you know yeah I mean now I mean, every, com- every commercial for a product now is so bizarre that you don't even know what it's based on anymore you know like there's there's no like regular commercials everything right. is crazy and so <laughs> you know you there has to be some there has to be some correction there and I don't know what it is yet but we're going to find out well, the book, the book is hilarious. A very punchable face. Colin Jost, uh, a memoir. Man, it's it's been just a, a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time and great luck with the book and the rest of your life. I can't wait to see uh, what you do. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, if you like what you heard, you can help us serve the ones who are serving by subscribing and leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to The National Defense. The National Defense is written and hosted by me, Randy Miller, and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us online at thenationaldefense.com.